a once thriving town in northern Georgia, woken up to horrors we couldn't even imagine today, chased out of their own homes, forced to make life or death decisions that would still cost them, nobody left behind, at least none still alive. Surely we would have heard of such tragedies, but what if there were people who made sure we didn't? What if they covered the evidence of these events, literally? You see, our story today may not be about the physical town, but the devastation that was left below, at the bottom of Lake Lanyard. Hello, you are listening to Or So They Say, the podcast where two sisters travel small town America, one ghostly tale at a time. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Megan. I did a weird hand. I went one ghostly tale at a time. Like (laughs) no one could see that, but I'm apparently now a news anchor. I don't know. I get what news anchor does that. Okay. Well, uh, Reverend. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Happy Thursday. Yeah, praise hands. Oh, praise hands. That's what I I say about my child when she throws her hands in the air. Praise hands. Right. She scares herself awake and does the praise hands, whatever. I know. It's precious, though. Anyway, happy Thursday. Welcome back. Mm Mm-hmm. We, did we do, we did a location before, like, what was last week? Florida. Florida, right, because we did Florida Florida Man. Man. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Well, we didn't cover Florida Man. We covered... Oh, for Pete's sake, the Mace String... Oh, Boonesville. Boon... Boon... Holy crap. What was it called? Y'all, this is our own podcast. No, it was the String... The May oh, Stringer May Stringer House. house. Yeah, but I'm Thank trying you. to remember the name of the town. Brooksville? Brooksville. I don't know why I got I don't, I don't know where I pulled that out from, so... I guess. You're, you're welcome. That is correct, though, now that you say it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, anyway, so we're back again, just chugging along down... The, down the list of american uh states american states alphabet (laughs) through the alphabet listen i couldn't the alphabet of america it's weird i've like i've had today off i've had all day to prepare for this and now the day that i had all day to relax i can't get my life together you'd think i would be like well rested no it's fine i took a nap good for for you once yeah (laughs) one of us can nap I'm sorry. I nap when the child naps. Hey, I was napping. I was watching your child today, and I napped when the child napped, so... That, okay. Well, if that, if, good for you. See, I told you, that's the only time you're gonna nap. You're not wrong. Anyway, hi, we're back. So, <laughs> ne- so we went to Florida last week, so this week we are in... Georgia. Georgia. Yay! Which we have done a location in Georgia before, if you all recall, a little over a year ago. Y- yeah. It would have been, um, yeah, October of 2019 or something. Oh, gosh. So almost two years ago. Yeah. I can't remember when we cut that. I, when well, okay, I went. Yeah, you traveled then. I can't remember when we did the episode, but. I don't know. But yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah. we There you went to the. Marshall House. The Marshall House mm-hmm. in Georgia. Correct. Savannah, Georgia. Yeah. So this week. So we surprisingly when i was looking up haunted places for this though that didn't come up really wow i don't know if it like knew that i already knew it but because savannah's supposed to be like one of the most haunted cities in the state of georgia fair but regardless we were looking up haunted places and we saw your typical you know cemeteries uh what oh my gosh what in the world like asylums prisons things like that hotels hotels there was there were two that stood out for being different one of them we did not do because unfortunately we just could not a lot of it's one of those that everybody says it's haunted and there is zero evidence or Mm -hmm. investigative proof to prove that but it was i didn't know if this was like a nickname for something i mean it is but it was called the killer kroger Mm, and for for those of us i think kroger is pretty much everywhere but it is exactly what it sounds like it is a kroger that people think like low-key is haunted or possessed and kills people kroger is a grocery store for those who don't have a kroger (laughs) right i don't i just assume they're everywhere yeah kroger it's like your winn dixie but not as nice i bet so (laughs) i've been to a winn dixie before it was very fun anyway so I really wanted to do the Killer Kroger. It's talked about how like 
a weird number of lives have been lost in that Kroger for one reason or another. But unfortunately, there's no... Everyone says it's haunted. I think it's just a very unfortunate thing. I will say, look into it, though. It's a really interesting location, I guess, because there is actually... There was a fatal shooting that happened there, and one of the family... Like, a couple family members were killed. One of them lived, and they're very upset by people still kind of glorifying there's literally t-shirts like Ugh. that people have made and this says like killer kroger and they're getting i think they're getting rid of it and people are literally uh what is the word protesting to keep it around and this guy's like burn it to the ground like why are you all glorifying the death of my family yeah that's yikes yeah so go check that out killer kroger in georgia but that is not what we're doing today what we did what we are doing was the other one that stood out and I was, like, excited to make it work, and it did work, uh, because mm-hmm. it is not, it's not an asylum, it's not a prison, it's not a hotel, it's not a cemetery, it's not a house, even, it's not actually a building of any sort. Uh-uh. It's a lake. It is. It is Lake Lanier. hmm Which, I'll be honest, where is Lake Lanier? Well, that's... Well, that's true. Uh, I'm sorry. I was going to say, what city is it in, but I realize... It's That's part not. of the issue. Yeah, I started to. I was at first when I was looking up information. I'm like, "What's the demographics of Lake Lanier?" And then I said, "Well, where's it at first? It's in I think five different counties. I do cover it in my notes. So there's no way for me to do demographics because it touches so many areas. That's true. Sorry, I put you in a weird position. No, it's fine. I still got plenty of information about it. Um, it. The closest, one of the most well-known cities, I guess, closest to it that people would recognize, most likely, is Gainesville. Okay, yeah. Gainesville, Georgia. Wait, isn't that also because of a bad thing that's recently happened? Uh Uh-oh, what happened in Gainesville? Uh, Probably Uh, a shooting. I I say it sounds not good. When I heard, I'm like, I do know that name, but why? Gainesville sounds like somewhere where a shooting took place. But I mean, like, you could throw a dart at a U.S. map and hit somewhere that has had a shooting, Mm -hmm. so... I mean, Shoot, Indiana. Indiana is now on the map. So, and just, yeah, ju- we just we finally made it. I'm sure we've been on the map. Well, because of the circumstances, it was the Greenwood Mall mm-hmm. in the Indianapolis area of Indiana. It just happened. Mall shooting, guy went in, assault rifle and a pistol with over 100 rounds of ammunition, mm-hmm. hung out in the bathroom for an hour, and then just came out and started going. So. America. Yeah, of course, of course, civilians ha- were the ones that took action and got the situation under control before any cops were involved. That seems to be, you know, a theme lately. But yeah. regardless, super unfortunate. There are at least uh, three people dead. A husband and wife and then a random person. Oh, yeah. Multiple injured. So just whatever. Point is, Gainesville, I'm pretty sure... I would shooting. tell you to look it up, but who, I I don't know. It, the world is already so depressing. Like, maybe don't do that. Oh, I'm already, like, no pun intended, sweating over this climate thing, so. I don't there's... stop. I don't even want to talk about that. Just do what I do and go down rabbit holes of looking up Stranger Things theories. <laughs> Guys, we can't, if we ever do a tangent or something on Stranger Things, that's going to be a two-parter. Like, I, I could go all day about that i did the wrong thing and i looked up a climate clock to see how much time we have left before it's too late what the heck yeah i don't know now listen you said it and if you all don't want to know skip forward 10 seconds how long seven years what before it's irreparable Uh, Mm -hmm. you know what i why why (laughs) and that's if we continue on the trend we're on and something doesn't happen to increase it more right i don't know pete Buttigieg, keep going i saw him advocating for electric vehicles and they're like oh it could be really expensive and he pulled out these ridiculous numbers Mm -hmm. and pete Buttigieg is like not really sure where you looked but here on kelly blue book they range from like 20 to forty thousand, which is like any other brand new car Right. So I don't know. Is that after subsidies? If that is that after taxes? Is that he's like, I don't look it up, dude. Dang, (laughs) do your own research. Yeah, I only went down that rabbit hole because I saw something about the White House could potentially declare a state of climate emergency like any day now. 
are you aware that Europe is literally engulfed in flames? No. Yes. Like streets are melting, signs are melting, their forests are burning. Um, it was 130 something degrees somewhere on the ground in Europe. <laughs> I mean, here in the U.S., I've heard it getting close to 120. Well, I mean, the Europe and UK, that's because uh, Wales, I think, recorded its highest temperature ever, ever mm-hmm. the other day. Now, listen. What is going on? It's super depressing and like, sorry to go down that road for a second. But also, I don't mind mentioning it in this moment. This is a podcast about paranormal investigations and ghost activity and all of that but you know what like you also can't ignore the real issues in life Mm -hmm. you heard how much time we have left i won't repeat it for those of you that don't want the anxiety that skipped forward those 10 seconds but you can't ignore these it people the privilege of being able to ignore these issues is why we're in this situation in the first place why we're in many situations right now because everyone wants to claim ignorance and just look the other way and here we are so mm-hmm. start doing something oh yeah please and please. you can actually purchase i mean when i say you it's probably the city can purchase a co- climate clock to put up somewhere prominent where people can see so it makes like a big impact there's a couple of cities that already have the climate clocks counting down yeah uh and honestly the bigger cities you know what everybody individually do what you can but i'll tell you now like all of us getting electric cars is only going to take care of a percentage of the problem Mm -hmm. it is the the mass amounts of you know corporations it it is that are making the biggest impact they they want us to believe that like we are a big chunk of the problem with our driving our gas cars around and do like doing Mm -hmm. no it is not even all of you with your diesel trucks, you're a fraction of the issue. Right. A fraction. So, like, still do your part, but, like, do your part by pressing your, you know, lawmakers to do their part. Oh, yeah. That That's all I can say. And that's in regards to anything. That's in regard to any social issue right now. And trust me, there's plenty to choose from. So. Mm-hmm. If you watch the Bo Burnham stand-up, his most recent, what was it called? Outside? Is that what uh, inside, inside. Inside. The opposite. The opposite. <laughs> uh, one of his songs, it's where it's like he's playing around the campfire. And yeah. he said something about this much time has passed, this many years to go, and doesn't really explain. And I was like, he actually says the number, like, blank years to go. And I was like, what does that even mean? See, I've only seen it once. I don't really recall that yeah so i i googled it and it said that is him saying that's how much like in the lyrics he says blank years to go because that's how much longer we have until it's over like we are just we're looking at the point of no return yeah (sighs) but you know what let's go to the moon let's let's have a piddling race and see who can get to the moon first with their billions of dollars and leave all of us you know, regular people here to melt. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Please call your lawmakers. <laughs> the end. Senators, representatives, whatever. All right. We let's be- get be- back be- on track. We Ooh, are just in. Act like that didn't happen. <laughs> Had to get serious there with See, you no, guys you can't for a claim second. Ignorance. Make a change. Michael Jackson said so. Lots yeah. of people said so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what a weird way to take that. All right. It's to lighten the mood. And now let's talk about still not the, good the moon is not going to be lightened <laughs> this episode is going to just be a big old downer i've i'm gonna tell you right now it is not great the no. history of this place no what i tried to stay away from it because you were doing it but from what i was running into not no it is good. not good no so <laughs> the lake lanier let's get back is in the north part of georgia near gainesville Mm-hmm. And Gainesville.org says that it's just about 60 miles from the state capital of Atlanta. The 692 miles of shoreline borders the following five counties. Hall, Forsyth, Dawson, Gwinnett, and, or Gwinnett, and Lumpkin. Lumpkin. Or what Lumpkin. a name. The lake opened in 1957 after construction was completed by the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers cool all right that's just quick boop that's because i can't give you any demographics so i just needed 
Right. You said the army was in charge of creating, like the military was in charge of creating this lake. The U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. I wonder if that's usually the case for man-made lakes. I do not know. I'm not sure. I don't know if that's like, really who like. Who looks at a spot and they're like, you know what would look great there? A lake. <laughs> yep. I, I don't know. Who knows? And I don't know. I guess if they made it that big to start out with or if it's just grown over time, unlikely. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably shrinking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> LakeLanyard.com. <laughs> I got to stop. This comes from LakeLanyard.com. Uh, they say, with several million visitors annually enjoying its recreational facilities, Lake Lanier is the most popular lake in the southeast. Debatable. Never heard of it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I hadn't heard of it until recently. That's, I mean, until we started researching it. You will enjoy the time you spend at Lake Lanier. We guarantee it. There's no exclamation points in there. It's very, it's. It seems threatening. You will enjoy your time at Lake Lanier. We, we guarantee, guarantee it. it the end just i had to include that i remember including that because it's just period period you will lanyer is the largest lake in georgia having nearly 700 miles of shoreline spread over 38,000 acres that's a lot of land yeah the water in lake lanyer comes from georgia's blue ridge mountains which i've actually stayed in a cabin up there before fancy it was it was very nice the rain falls on the mountains, it runs down into waterfalls, and then makes its way down into Lake Lanier via the Chattahoochee Ooh. and the Chestatee Rivers. I bet Sounds I said that right. wrong. I don't know. <laughs> I do know Chattahoochee. You better believe. <laughs> what was it Alan Jackson? It's hotter. Oh. See, listen, Alan Jackson knew <laughs> it the all climate comes was climbing. He knew it was going to be. <laughs> oh my God. I hate Gross. it. I'm not even going to say Ew. it. Moving on, the completion of the Buford Dam on the south end of the lake in 1956 turned the area's Chattahoochee and Chestatee Rivers into Lake Lanier. So it's like a combination of the two, I guess, because of this dam. Okay. Lake Lanier offers something for everyone, most popular including fishing, boating, and camping. Sounds like a dream. Mm -hmm. It has options for the whole family. They also have golfing facilities, as well as the world's best kayaking, water skiing, and swimming spots. Who decides this? Who decides these things? Really? The world? Oh, it says the world, not the the world's best. I bet. I'm sure. Mm -hmm. There's over 45 parks and 10 campgrounds lining the shores of the lake. That was like a lot of. L's. I don't know what happened. <laughs> In 2013, Lanyard welcomed its first state park, Don Carter State Park. Yay. In 2013. Oh. It's a long time. That was, it's been there since the 1950s. And that was the first state park. In Georgia? No, around Lake Lanyard. Okay. I was like, I, I just heard the first state park. I was like, what? No. God, no. The two largest cities on Lake Lanier are Buford and Gainesville. There we go. Each with a historic downtown and distinct flair. Ooh, ooh, we like distinct downtowns. Or, I mean, historic downtowns. <laughs> and we, we started menacing. We're going to end menacing with this article. Visitors can enjoy the city of Atlanta and, in the space of a 30-minute drive, can lose themselves in the tranquility, quote-unquote, of Lake Lanier lose themselves tranquility has an asterisk to it i'm sure Mm -hmm. now i've (laughs) i'm gonna tell you two stories about this town okay the first one is covered by cnn.com and they give you the history of how the lake came to be okay and i just there's one glaring thing missing and i'll go ahead we'll go ahead and tell you what cnn has to say about lake lanier and then i will tell you the one thing they kind of just glazed over not even glazed over completely omitted Mm -hmm. so first we'll hear cnn and then we'll hear the truth yes well not i guess you i guess i don't i don't know what you're covering i don't know exactly what they omitted but i am pretty certain i know Mm -hmm. the context So CNN, this was written on October 31st, 2020, because surprise, it's allegedly haunted. So they did a haunted piece. It's a wonder we're talking about it. 
They said the lake, again, created in the 1950s by by flooding valley (laughs) communities that contained a cemetery, fueling beliefs that it is cursed. Mm -mm. We're going to jump right in. And then we're just going to keep moving past it. Okay. Historians say some unmarked graves and other structures were swallowed up by its waters. This is true. They did not lie about this. Yes. More than 200 people, 200 people have died swimming and boating in this lake since 1994. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not even 30 years. Did did it say the number of people that have died? Total deaths? Yes. Well, I guess it depends on how far back you want it. Like, since it became a lake, I saw somewhere around 700. Yeah, I was, that's what I saw, too. Now, if you want to talk about on the land itself before the lake, that number might be a little different. Mm-hmm. We'll get there. This, I'm telling you, I've warned you already, this is not Y'all, a fun this story. this lake is wild. You see a lake, you're like, ooh, let's go boating. Like, not how it got there. Right. Or why it got there. Oh, and if any of you are fans of Ozark on Netflix, they, which apparently has its own body count, the show does. I've not oh, seen like it. like the show has a real body count, like in it, real life? Yeah, it says it has a high body count. Like oh. dead people. Oh. Which I've not, I, I don't know if that's true or not, you guys. Blame CNN if it's wrong. But if you watch Ozark, they film scenes at this lake. Oh. So if it looks familiar, that's why. Or if you've like, I've never seen it. You don't mean the actors that are in the show end up dying, right? I don't know. That's That's what it sounds like. The way it's written makes it sound like, because it says the lake has a dark history because of all the people that have died there. And it says, and the Netflix drama Ozark, which has its own high body count, film scenes at the lake. Probably in in the the show. show, I would imagine, yeah. I hope it's not one of those, like, poltergeist situations where everyone started dying off after the movie ended. Right. Hello? Goodness sakes. I'll be honest. I don't... I don't know what happened there. So sorry. No, I do know what happened. We had an unexpected visitor and Maple could not get it together. No, but we're back. There, there was no... Usually I can edit those things out just so you're all aware. There, it, more often than not, it goes smoothly and we don't have to stop. Mm-hmm. That, that was not no. one of those times. We gave it a second. We're like, uh, it's not stopping. <laughs> yeah, we fed her a cookie. Now she's fine. We're same, honestly. <laughs> That's I'm fine after someone feeds me a cookie. But we were talking about the show Ozark, Ozark. and poltergeist deaths and blah blah blah. But anyway, CNN. Mm-hmm. Back to CNN. Gotta find my place again and get situated. Okay, the stories about mysterious underwater sightings are eerie, especially at Halloween. Ooh, ooh. But the true backstory of Lake Lanier, built over an underwater ghost town, is just as interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Ghost town, you say? Before the land was buried in water, it was lush and fertile with rabbits and squirrels scampering around. I just don't like that description for land. I don't know. I don't like that. Well, for really anything. <laughs> they said communities thrived with fancy names like Castleberry Bottom. Oh my, really? That is not, I'm not kidding. What? We used to be a proper country, so. (laughs) With the Castleberry Bottoms, of course. Of course. Then came the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, which wanted to create a lake to provide Atlanta and surrounding counties with power and water. I guess, I guess. There's, it's, I doubted it was like, I just want a lake here. There's always a reason. There's always a monetary reason. Oh yeah, of course. The government offered locals money for their farmland. They were just like, we'll pay you off if you get out of here. But a lot of people had a hard time putting a price tag on, like, memories. Right. The land that their families have owned for generations kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this person wrote a book. Their name is 
Russell is they just call him Russell by the last name. They must have mentioned him at some point, but I did snip pieces of the article, so whoops a daisy. Oh. But Russell was a writing instructor at the Georgia Northwestern Technical College and an author of several books on the lost towns of Georgia. And he says, quote, at first, the government assured landowners that they were being paid for the true value of the land and buildings, but residents found it hard to price generations of memory, hard work, and deep roots. Yeah. Yeah. A host of emotions accompanied the talk of relocation, anger, resentment, fear, anxiety, bewilderment, apprehension. To them, their land was priceless. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're that... Especially if it's farming land. You've got your blood, sweat, and tears in that ground. Right. So it would be hard to leave. But eventually, some 700 families were sold at a total of 56, or were sold a total of 56,000 acres to the government, which built a dam on the Chattahoochee River to form the lake. Okay. So the families, I feel like they didn't have a choice, personally. They're like, no, oh, they chose. No. I don't think they chose, but whatever. As their land filled with water in 1956, locals jammed roads and bridges to watch history vanish before their eyes. Yeah. It's actually a really sad way to put it. Right. It feels forced. It feels forced. Mm -hmm. And it's not like they demolished anything. Whatever was left behind, they just watched go underwater. Buildings, roads, not like roads, but roadways, if you will. That just seems, I don't know. I like, there were roads, because I talk about later, there's, you'll be surprised, like, it kind of blew my mind at first, but it it was the 1950s, so it makes sense that they had progressed to a certain point. I (laughs) I pictured the farmland and not, like, the... We picture gravel roads and stuff. Yeah. Uh, The lake's name was actually a point of contention. Some people wanted to name it after politicians. Go figure. Mm -hmm. Others wanted to name it after a legendary football coach. Okay. Leave it to... Georgia. Anyway, to Georgia. Eventually, they decided to name it after Sidney Lanier, an 18th century Georgia poet who made, oh, who wrote Song of the Chattahoochee. Mm-hmm. Today, Lake Lanier has about 625 billion gallons of water, which is the equivalent of 950,000 Olympic-sized swimming pools. Scary. Fun fact. To prepare the land to be filled with water, the army actually demolished some of the buildings and removed anything that could be potentially dangerous or could float up to the top and injure boaters and swimmers and things like that. Yeah. So they uprooted some trees. They took out some barns and wooden structures that would erode over time, which makes sense. Major infrastructure such as bridges and water intakes were also relocated. But the community had a cemetery. Mm-hmm. Of course. While the Corps identified and moved most of the markers, some of them were unmarked and likely left behind. Yeah. Because they didn't want to spend the time to find family. I mean, if they were already unmarked, it would be hard to find the family anyway. But instead of doing, you know, some research or asking the locals who've lived there their whole lives, they're just like, meh. Yeah. So they just left them there. And they said... The, technico- te- te- the technological capability to identify and verify unmarked burial sites through subsurface scanning or other means was far less robust 70 years ago. Yeah, how I about mean, just, yeah. who is this? <laughs> like, knock on doors. <laughs> right. But whatever. Uh, while the Corps made every effort at the time to locate unmarked burials, mm-hmm, the limited capabilities of the time make it probable that unanticipated finds of human remains are possible, whether from the antebellum and Civil War periods or of Native American origin from pre-colonial uh, and ancient times. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, not even just unmarked or unknown people, unmarked graves. If you right. think about the people who are just buried there long before they decided to start etching things in stone yeah um oh here's the thing that surprised me there's an old auto racing track near gainesville that was left behind it remains at the bottom of the lake that's i don't know i just feel like why wouldn't you get rid of everything but i mean maybe for cost purposes because they're cheap i don't know it's concrete on the ground they did remove the bleachers so that they wouldn't float to the surface, but they left the raceway. So, yeah, that's fun. 
The concrete block foundations of some buildings were also submerged, which I fair if you're not going to rip up foundations like that, I guess. I guess. Some people have claimed, now here's a little spooky thing, sorry, I mean, it's really nothing substantial, but if you covered it, three, some people have claimed that they can hear church bells from the sunken church. I don't like that. Nope. Uh, but someone had to go poo-poo it and say no such structure was known to be left due to the height issue. If it had a steeple, it would be floating wood issue, so they would have removed it. Okay, whatever. Yeah, but that means it could be a ghostly church bell. Yeah, dummy. Could you imagine swimming in the water and hearing that? No. No, thank you. Over the decades, when the water levels dropped during a drought, um, submerged roads, tire parts, and other artifacts have been exposed. Oh. Yikes. The writer, Russell, believes that unmarked graves were also left behind because they were not easily identified and there was no family to claim them. To Russell, the changes wrought by the human-made lake are scarier than the spooky folklore. I would say so. uh, Yeah, I mean... I agree. Mm -hmm. He goes on to say that the real haunting in this story is how history has made it impossible to ignore what was done to the land in North Georgia. Once a land of wild rivers, North Georgia is now broken with dams and human-made bodies of water that change the ecosystem. Once a land that belonged to indigenous people, it is now buried under the water, making recovery of lost culture impossible. Yeah. Sad story. You lost a town. But there's a glaring piece of evidence missing from this, and it's what the town was. I mean, it's just like, oh, we moved all these people. Yeah. Mm -mm. No, no. Nay, nay. There's more than that. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I watch uh, Bailey Sarian. Sorry. (laughs) I love when she goes, "Mm -mm, nay, nay. (laughs) Oh, see, I've watched a little bit, not a ton, but... I haven't watched her in a while, so that just came out of the depths of nowhere. 11alive.com gives us the real story that, ironically, they say that a lot of people try to cover up or act like it didn't happen. So CNN was really good to be like, oh, we lost this town. It went underwater. Right. That's when I started to sort of sort of touch on what you're about to talk about and i avoided it i saw someone say someone was like i've never heard of this and they're like you have to dig to find it Mm -hmm. because i mean they just straight up didn't say a word about this and it's because it's super devastating controversial i guess Mm -hmm. so before it was a lake it was actually the town of oscarville that was the name of the town yeah It was formed in the late 1800s during the Reconstruction Era, which, if you're not sure what that is, that was the very turbulent era following the Civil War. Civil War. Bunch of cats. Is that that what servals are? Yeah. Yeah, servals (laughs) are cats. It was the effort to reintegrate southern states from the Confederacy and four million newly freed people into the United States. I suppose. What what a weird thing to be like. You lose. It took you four years to completely lose. And you're like, uh, we're sorry. Can we come back? Right. Like, Our bad. What? You wage war against your own people when you said, sorry, I was just hangry. Like, my bad. Let's just forget <laughs> we did that. Some people never forget. <laughs> so what makes Oscarville so unique you may be asking it's because it was a thriving black community full of carpenters blacksmiths bricklayers and farming as a top trade Mm -hmm. like it was almost exclusively an african-american community which not to i don't want to sound ignorant here but in the cnn uh article did it not say that indigenous people lived there if you want to go back even further, because this... Well, the city indigenous of, people lived everywhere. That seems stupid. Right. Like, I'm sorry. I have seen the little claim of, it's, uh, there's Indian burial grounds. That's what the cemeteries are. No. Like, first of all, it's Native American burial grounds, first of all. Second of all, they're everywhere because they lived here first. Mm-hmm. Third of all, that's stupid. That's a cover-up. That's a cop-out. Mm-hmm. And would it even be Native American or American Indian? I don't know. Listen, I am not... I feel like it's better than saying... If we ever get something wrong, it is not out of 
pur- it's not purposeful it's out of like just genuine ignorance i don't yes. know like we will learn as we go educate Sorry. us and we yeah. will do better please educate us but be nice about it we're sensitive mm-hmm. a history teacher in georgia her name is lisa crosby said that they had a miraculous farming growth here while the rest of the state was really struggling so hmm. oscarville just doing it right right that was the case until 1912 there was a woman named May Crow. She was a 19-year-old white woman, and she was found dead in the woods near Oscarville. Mm, great. And this was presumably after she had been sexually assaulted. So, not good. Typically, the answer to white girls being sexually assaulted was to go to the black community, black community and start blaming people, said yep. Crosby. As you did in the early 1900s. Mm-hmm. Um... When nightfall came, terror began to reign over Oscarville. (laughs) Crosby said mobs came together called Night Riders, and they drove out the community. That sounds so gross. Oh, yeah. There's even a filmmaker, and I kind of laughed at his name. His name's Bob Mackey. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) He is cat or. Bob Mackey is capturing those horrendous nights in an upcoming television series and said the night turned deadly. Of course it did. Yeah. They were wakened by fires outside, fire bombs thrown into the church. The church was the centerfold of the community. Yeah. It was the yeah. 1800, well, now it's 1912, but the church was the center of the community. And guess where everyone went when, to, for like solace. Sanctuary. Mm-hmm. So they started bombing the church with like fire and stuff. Like good Christians do. Mm-hmm. They attacked the church where everyone was resting for a sense of protection, said Mackie. That's just, I don't know. It's just ridiculous. Yep. It's so stupid. So then after the destruction of the city in the late 1950s, the Buford Dam was built. Well, See, we just forgot just the tiniest piece of history. Oh, by the way, a whole community of people lived here even after the indigenous people, like but mm-hmm. whatever, that's not important. Yeah, everyone was trying to flee to Gainesville. That was the closest town. Yeah. And several people died trying to make this trip, either attacked by the mob or just dying. Trying, from, like, the elements. Yes, yeah. George Rucker is a direct descendant who has traced his lineage four generations back to Oscarville, and he told the story of his great-grandfather, Bird Oliver, and how their entire family was forced off their land. When the Knight Rider, he says, when the Knight Riders came through, they had to leave everything. The main thing they left was property, and my grandfather had 100 acres. Oh my gosh. That's a heck of a piece of land. Right? He said his family headed for the Chattahoochee River, and an angry mob was behind them. He said that the mob got to the bridge where they were, and they had two options. They either had to swim or drown. Yeah. Most of them did not make it, but his grandfather was one of the few that did. And he lost, like, all of his brothers and sisters. Right. He said that his mother would tell him whenever Oliver, Bird Oliver, recalled the nights, he would just sit and cry. Yeah. Because he lost his entire, almost his entire family. To to nothing but senseless hate. Yeah, and there was another, I don't have it in here, and I honestly can't remember the article, but there was, they said there was a second instance where another white woman, I don't think she was killed, but they said she was sexually assaulted, and they just blamed this man in the city, or in the town, you know, and they beat him and strung him up, and hanged him in the town without any sort of trial they just decided he's the one who did it right like i'm not gonna sit here and say it's not impossible for someone in the town to have done something but it was the whole like witch hunt style Mm -hmm. that they just picked a person they're like you look like you would do this with no no evidence no nothing or she just the the girl the woman probably just pointed him out and said that's that's the one yeah and without question they said yep she's obviously the same type of person would say well they all look the same like Uh, yeah just i'm not like i'm sure there were not all saints in that town but it's it's the idea of just like going and pointing fingers and being like "Mm, because i don't like you yeah well i wanted to end on like a light note if it's even possible (laughs) yeah go ahead and try but he said his relatives who did survive settled in gainesville and he said his great-grandfather married his second wife her name was beulah and they built the beulah rucker house school yay Mm -hmm. 
So there's a nice little silver lining. They made it out of this terrifying experience and did something good. All right. Well, I wonder then if his wife was, his first wife was one of the people that didn't make it. Possibly. Uh, He said, because when it said he fled with his brothers and sisters had died, I don't know if he was like just a a child or something, a young man, if you will. But regardless, I don't even need to touch on what could possibly be making this these grounds this lake so haunted if the i guess having so much bad energy juju yes it should be pretty darn obvious why i did come across i tried to like not look at it see some of the hauntings and one of them i feel like they just gave a general haunting why don't you just focus on the real horrible thing that happened here and that's probably where all your angry spirits come from right well it's like that guy said uh when he was saying like what the people did is worse than what were you saying whatever you said reminded me of that twilight there the twilight zone episode uh-huh. where they're like they think aliens have come and they're like oh. wreaking havoc and it turns out like the whole premise of it at the end is like the real monsters were are within were, ourselves no or, were the people all along yeah. and it's called like the monsters on maple street or something like that mm-hmm. i always remember that episode yeah that that one stuck with me it's i mean there are aliens it's funny because the the episode ends with like it pan, like it gets to the point where electricity goes out everything it's dark everyone gets scared and people i think someone dies someone ends up shooting somebody because they start unbiasedly blaming people for things that are happening and mm-hmm. just like chaos ensues and someone ends up getting killed one seed of doubt and Mm -hmm. that's all it took and one person gets killed the entire time not a single thing was going on behind behind the scenes like this was all stuff that they were making up in their head and at the end Mm -hmm. of the episode it pans up to like this hill overlooking the town and the aliens are sitting there and they're like so the real monsters were the people all along Mm -hmm. and they were just sitting and watching yeah crazy episode a good episode i'm pretty sure it's called the the monsters that live on maple street something about Mm -hmm. the monsters on maple street i'm pretty sure yep go check it out it's a good one yeah that's gonna cover the history i couldn't take much more honestly it was super depressing reading all of that and researching that right i thought it was interesting to see a lake on the list and for the sake of learning something new it didn't disappoint Mm -hmm. i just can't believe cnn just skip right over that oh, i mean not just cnn i can't even say that most people just kind of glaze over that yeah mm-hmm. yeah i don't know man i'm still skin you know what scares me the that night rider stuff i know there are people like that that still exist oh my god yes. that's why sundown towns exist still oh uh, well i Unfortunately, after last week's episode, we looked into a little more details of Brooksville, Florida. Jesus Christ, that town is so, like, it, I don't know if I can say it is today, but mm. not good. Yeah. Very racist history. Yeah. And this one, I, again, not cited. I don't know where I read it. And, you know, this is also debatable. It says it's probably one of the most racist cities or racist uh, areas in the country brooksville no the oh. near lake lanier yikes you know what i i apologize to our georgia listeners mm-hmm. but it tracks it sounds right to me yeah yeah i and last week's episode i just came across something else about brooksville and was like good god i'm glad we didn't cover that yeah but Couldn't we have ha- done but that we two weeks in a row here because <laughs> it's only fair Right, that's the whole point of this, and we are not going to glaze over it. Okay, so now let's talk about something less scary, like ghosts. Yeah. (laughs) So, what I'm going to... I'm obviously going to talk about the hauntings that supposedly go on at this lake, but what needs to be talked about in order to talk about the hauntings is the lore behind what's causing the hauntings. Mm -hmm. So, that is what I'm going to talk about. Okay. So, this is... Yeah, so this is coming from for- ForsythNews.com slash a million things. Oh, okay. It's, I mean, the yellow at the top is, I'm not reading all of that. No, I didn't either. I just grabbed <laughs> CNN. Forsyth.com. Yeah. I'm, so this is all, this, all of this is just coming from this website. 
with several drawings reported drownings drawings with several drownings reported each year like megan mentioned uh 200 in the last since 94 or sorry 28 years Mm -hmm. uh lake lanier is often called haunted or cursed go figure (laughs) what may lurk in the deep waters of the man-made lake a new boat tour aims to explore and the times joined in the superstitious fun to learn more so they have a boat tour that talks about this haunted lake which i mean that's interesting and actually i was finding i got excited because it's like pay to go on a tour with this like prominent paranormal investigator on this boat on the lake i was like ooh, but it was from 2021 oh, so i was like okay. dang never, never mind, mind. <laughs> right Aboard a Lanier boat charter vessel, Captain and owner Tom Stepnowski, along, I'm sorry, wow, that was gross. <laughs> it is Stepnowski, but like I said, like the IA thing again instead of O. I don't oh, know why I can't do that. I don't know. Uh, alongside seasoned paranormal investigator Bart Glabman, present. What are these names? I don't know. It's gross. making it hard present the extensive history of Lake Lanier, which was formed in the 1950s with the construction of the Buford Dam. Gladman said one of the biggest reasons spirits may still roam the area are the possible, uh, they even do it here, the possible Native American burial mounds and unmarked graves left under the water when the lake was filled. However, the Lady of the Lake might be Lake Lanier's most well-known haunting. There's always going to be a lady. Yeah, the Lady of the Lake, which actually, when I started my research, uh, there's like movies books based off of this other podcasts have covered this mm-hmm. and i'm just like how have i never heard of this huh so i don't know of the lady of the lake yeah i don't i feel like i feel like it's just a saying that you're like that has a nice ring to it i feel like i've heard it but i don't know if i've heard it uh-huh until now also native american burial male it says mounds why not grounds i don't know i don't know and unmarked graves of the people of Oscarville. Jesus, criminy. Lest we forget. Lest we forget. Uh, Gladman recounted the tragic deaths of Delia May Parker Young. Sorry, Delia May Parker Young and Susie Roberts, who lost control of their vehicle and drove off a bridge, plunging into Lake Lanier. This is now we're talking about where the Lady of the Lake originates. Okay. Okay. A year later, remains were found with both hands missing. But they could not identify for certain, like, who who the body was. Oh. So the body was buried in an unmarked grave. Remains of the other woman later were found also not identified, and it wasn't found until the 1990s. E. Yeah. Not, Not good. Three decades later, Robert's remains were discovered and identified. They, you know, that's weird. She was identified in the 1990s. They wrote this weird. I apologize. Oh, okay. Since then, Gladman said sightings of a young lady wandering the Jerry D. Jackson Bridge have been reported. Dressed in blue with two missing hands, she is presumed to be young. So, uh, Delia May Parker Young. Okay. Her spirit is thought to still linger at the bridge. After brief stories of the hauntings, we've reached the shores, and now this is talking about the, the paranormal investigation that was going on. Okay. Her spirit seems linger, la, la, la. After the brief stories of the hauntings, they reach the shores of an island ready to explore and communicate with whatever energies might linger. The island was once inhabited by 12 homes and a cemetery before the lake was filled, according to Gladman. Again, with no, yeah, with no context, like, they really don't give you any context about this. No. The remains had been moved along with the homes, but did their spirits linger? Ooh. <laughs> one by one, they stepped off the boat following Gladman as he set up his equipment on the sand and they crowded around it. Gladman set up an electromagnetic field detector and a ghost box to communicate with spirits. And I don't know where along, where on the lake they did this. It's just because, like you said, there's five counties, but right. they're somewhere on the shoreline. Okay, sorry, I'm trying to breathe. I feel like I've been holding my breath this whole time. Goodness. (laughs) I don't know what's wrong. EMF detectors pick up electric electric and magnetic signals in the air that then detect supposed paranormal activity passing by while ghost boxes scan AM and FM radio frequencies to pick up the possible voices and words, words of spirits. So for those of you that haven't heard before, 
like we've talked about it many of time but that is that's what those pieces of equipment do i was just thinking about that earlier today i'm like we haven't explained i mean hopefully if this is your first episode hi weird one yeah i don't know why you're jumping in here but hey i mean i guess if you're starting at the early your the most recent going backwards to oldest i don't i wouldn't do that i feel like i have to grow with (laughs) with the podcasters yeah but i was just thinking that how every couple episodes we'd be like this is what this piece of equipment does and we hadn't done that in a while yeah so So your refresher is there you go yeah the refresher is their emf the em where to say the emf detector stands for electric electromagnetic field detector it picks up electric and magnetic signals in the air and detects supposedly when paranormal activity is passing by so like Mm -hmm. any fluctuations in the field and then yeah ghost boxes or spirit boxes as they're also known go they like scan quickly you can set sometimes depending on how fancy they are you can select how quickly and how many frequencies am and fm it scans through Mm -hmm. and so you'll catch little glimpses of radio station things going on depending on where you are Mm mm-hmm but what it's supposed to do is ghosts can use their energy to speak through that box and take to use the Almost white manipulate, noise yeah yeah use the white noise through the frequencies to t- to talk to you you with a spirit box you hear actual words yes so sometimes single words sometimes full intelligible sentences we have used one a couple times and have been successful we talked about it in last week's episode. Yes. A group used one, and it actually said, Patty, go home. Right, yeah. And yep. then we had one with the little girl laughing at us. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, creepy stuff, creepy stuff. Their group posed questions to the ghost box regarding who might be there and whether the spirits were scared to move into the afterlife. The EMF de- detector lit up multiple times. Gladman's in especially, I think... Especially if they're on a lakeshore, mm-hmm. like against what, what electromagnetic field is getting set off. Right. It depends on what the island looks like, but yeah. That's true. Again, I can, doesn't say exactly where they were, but what have you. Uh, everyone had... What, what in the world? Where did I go? Sorry. The I EMF just, I just was going off of that? <laughs> oh, yeah. The EMF detector lit up multiple times. Gladman said that if close enough, an EMF detector will also light up with signals picked up from a cell phone. That also depends on the type of EMF reader you have, because we actually sort of calibrate ours by putting our phones and stuff next to it to see if it will light up. Some are just more sensitive than others. Yeah. Uh, and, but, and they do admit that everyone had their cell phones during the investigation. So okay. something to keep in mind. That rookie error, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I will say we have ours on there, but we also know how our equipment works. Sometimes we'll turn off the phone if necessary, but yeah, rookie mistake. <laughs> the most unexplainable occurrence during the investigation was hearing a clear voice come from the ghost box. As the first questions questioning... At, what in the world? As the first questionings, hello, was said into the box what after they asked a question just i I know i why is it worded like that basically they said hello and the voice of a woman was heard as clear as day responding hello as if answering a phone call oh so um, i mean they exchanged pleasantries in the form (laughs) of hello afterward the ghost box only whispered out static and pauses of jumbled noise for the remainder of the investigation while there appeared to be no remnants of any previous inhabitants left on the island, an eeriness and familiar feeling of someone watching persisted. So, Again, feelings are just as valid. Right, yeah. That, I mean, yeah, we've talked about that plenty of times, that the way that you feel also has something to do with it. So this, I think, covered the big, that investigation back in 2021 that I was like, ooh, it'd be cool to go, and this Gladman guy is on some paranormal show not mm-hmm. not terribly sure which one, but that's what Forsyth News had regarding. That that's all they had. That that's the only investigative information that I could find without watching. There are like lots of videos mm-hmm. that are hard to just. I saw like a fifty minute video. There's quick people that are like, I went on the boat tour and things like that. Uh huh. So you can always go watch the videos, but like I said, the thing that interests me was more the folklore surrounding the Lady of the Lake. Mm-hmm. And that, admittedly, I mixed up 
what what um articles i used i thought that one went more in depth with the lady of the the actual lady of the lake Mm -hmm. it did not i have the other i have the other article here i I was like where did it go and i found it and it's it's in purple it's right here all right so in this one actually gives you you know locations and dates and more information than someone crashed a car because that's lame yeah (laughs) so here's here's more specific because to say that a body was found in the 1990s means nothing to somebody if the body was lost in 1989 like i don't know you know what i mean yeah anyway so this is specifically about the Lady of the Lake. In April 1958, so in, when did you say the lake started being built in the 50s? 1954 is when it was. finished in like 56 or something like that? Yes, yeah, uh, somewhere around there. So this was just a few, year, a few years after the lake was created. Mm-hmm. In, in 1958, Lake Lanier claimed its most famous victim, Susie Roberts, long known as Lake Lanier's Lady of the Lake. Now, here's another little tidbit. That is contradictive. Right. Because the other one said the other girl. And really, there's not much mention of the... Like, they're, they do mention the girl, but they're saying that... This one says that Susie is the lady of the lake. And I think when I was doing my research, I tried to stay away from the haunted stuff, of course. But I swear I also came across this story, at least a part of it, that said Young was the uh, lady of the lake, I guess. And this is what this is the problem with some folklore legends things like that. Mm-hmm. Like the story changes especially when like everyone says it's haunted, everyone says they have these these investigations. But then like where where's the backup to it? Well, this I the article I still have it. I'll see what yours says and we'll see how much everybody is contradicting themselves. Right, right. I forgot I had to scramble to find this real quick because I, for some reason, did not copy it into my notes. But yeah, immediately, because I've read all these before and I think I got it mixed up in my head so that that Forsyth News was the investigation, but it is all backwards. And this says that Susie Roberts was is known as the Lady of the Lake. Anyway, okay. so Roberts lost control of her car. She's still the one that drove, apparently, <laughs> and crashed off the right abutment abutment i don't even know what that is yeah i saw that word too in my research and said i'm gonna skip it (laughs) i don't know she crashed off the right abutment at lanier bridge on dawsonville highway her car came to rest in 90 feet of water Mm -mm. on a steep slope at the base of the bridge caught in the deadfall of sheared off tree trunks that comprise lake lanier's bottom sorry i cannot speak today (laughs) bottom Okay, a year after the incident in 1959, divers discovered the body of Delia May Parker Young, believed to be a passenger in Susie Roberts' car, but could never locate the car or remains of Miss Roberts. Okay. Yeah. With visibility being almost zero at that depth, Robert remained undiscovered until November 1990. So that is a long time. That That is a long time. Yeah. When construction... So, she was found in 1990 when construction on the new Lanier Bridge expansion was underway. Construction crews found Robert's car while dredging out the lake bottom to set the foundation pillars for the new bridge. Mm. Which, like, how terrifying. Like, what else is in there then? Oh, What else is in there? Yeah. So, that's what I have on the whole Lady of the Lake situation. So, Mm -hmm. did yours deviate from that even further? I... Not necessarily deviates, but gives more information. Y'all. It's uh, OxfordAmerican.org. And this guy, he's a huge article. He's talking about, like, his family trip or whatever. But he's also incorporated all this information about, like, Lanyer and the history and all that mess. And he talks about the Lady of the Lake. He Mm -hmm. says it's the most famous ghost story of this place. And he said he does mention Delia Mae Parker Young and Susie Roberts, but he gives the story as to why they were driving on the bridge. Oh, like, for Pete's sake. We keep like- getting more. <laughs> he said the two friends were uh, departed. What does he say? 
Um, they were driving to go to a dance. And after getting gas and skipping out on paying for it. Yikes. They skidded, Karma, off, man. The, <laughs> they skidded off the bridge while crossing the lake and disappeared. The following year, a fisherman came across a decomposed, unidentified body floating near one of the bridges. And then in 1990, that's when officials discovered a 1950s Ford sedan with remains belonging to Roberts, which meant that the body found way back in 1959 must have belonged to Parker Young. Right. So that's correct. And they said locals didn't need a forensic analysis to know this. They had seen Parker Young themselves wearing the blue dress she had borrowed that night from Roberts wandering near the bridge. Oh. With her handless arms, so the story goes. And yeah. <laughs> right. But, and oh, he does say... She snatches unsuspecting lake goers and drags them to the bottom. Now Casually. begs the question. Now begs the question. With what? What does she snatch them with? Her teeth? Oh, she got she, arms she, still. She can just use her, her elbows to grab them. Yeah, I guess. But I, yeah, it just more and more information. Everyone's it's, got a little bit here and there. It's funny to me that this is Lake Lanier's most famous haunting. This is like whatever, and like. But you all still got a different right. story. Yeah, you all still have a different story. I mean, at least if they can all agree there is a lady of the lake. They can agree there is blue. a lady and a lake. And she's wearing blue. And she has no hands. I don't think we've had a blue lady yet. We've had, no, a, we gray had a gray lady, lady. The lady in white. And I, I think a lady in black. I thought we had a blue lady. I don't know. Lots of ladies. <laughs> lovely ladies. And stuck in the afterlife. I don't know. Singing Les Mis. Isn't that Les Mis? Lovely ladies? Yes. Stop. <laughs> We've already sang uh, Les Mis in one of our episodes. I can't remember which one, but don't. Lord, don't go find it. <laughs> we did the other day. Don't go find it. Ugh. Okay, so a little less paranormal on this one. More ghost story, less ghost experience mm -hmm. on this one but because the hist the history is really what drew us in i as soon as i yeah. saw that little bit about oscarville i was like i have to make this work and there is a good ghost story behind it with you know everyone likes a good lady of the lake right uh lady in blue or in the blue dress with no hands like it's creepy but like back it up folks right sit here and tell me this is haunted like, I guess this this is almost like how we go to haunted places, we experience them, and we have to have the unfortunate news of, like, look, this place haunted as a sock drawer kind of deal. It's a dud, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. I'm not yeah. saying this is a dud because I haven't been there, but everyone wants to sit here and say this is the most haunted lake in Georgia. Then prove it. Yeah. Prove we it. We will go and find out, even though I don't know if I actually want to visit. If I know. That creeps me out. Yeah. Also hear me out like they left concrete foundations and things like that because mm -hmm. they're gonna stay at the bottom of the lake but you know what does erode dirt and you know what they left down there a cemetery and you know what those bodies are in wood boxes we're guessing possibly or not even boxes i don't know whatever they're in like will they not will the dirt not erode and the bodies will float up to the top i don't know we are edging towards you know the apocalypse and the end which of the brings world. Up, ooh, which brings up, I can't believe I almost forgot it. This is such a silly thing about bodies floating up to the tops. Oh, Since I mentioned it, uh, I don't, there's this wild story. It creeped me out. I meant to tell you all, I wanted to end this with something silly and maybe it's not funny to anybody anymore or creepy to anybody anymore. Oh, but if you okay. haven't heard of the SCP-2319 oh, like, yeah, situation, this i don't care it's creepy enough that i'm just going to say the piece of information i will leave you with is like if those bodies do float up to the top of the water you don't recognize them the whole it is ingrained in my brain this silly this mm -hmm. silly little thing that you do not recognize the bodies in the water and if you don't know what scp 2319 is go look it up just google you do not recognize oh the god bodies you do not the recognize water. the bodies in, yeah you don't you don't and just, like, if you ever think you do, you don't. And don't mess with it. Leave them alone. Mm-hmm. So the next time you're at a body of water, just remember. You, you do, do not, not recognize, recognize the bodies, the bodies in, the water. in the water. You don't. And that is what we will leave you on until next week when we bring you... Uh, oh, is it... We do have another Thursday before. We do, yes. So we will be bringing you another wonderful story from this 
United States uh, alphabet that we're bringing you. It just keeps getting better and better as we go. <laughs> I know. Which next is going to be Hawaii? Uh, yes. Wow. We've also been to Hawaii before. Not like physically. No, no. I've never we've, physically been we've to Hawaii. We've covered somewhere in Hawaii. Maddie so has, on that- which like jealous but whatever wow which speaking of being to hawaii when you hear the next week's episode in hawaii i won't be i won't be in hawaii but i won't be here either i'll be listening on the shores of michigan somewhere i'm going on vacation (laughs) much needed isn't very excited very excited well next week we'll see you guys here for another spooky place can't wait you do not recognize the bodies in the water okay bye that's it Thanks for listening. Mixing, editing, and music is by Kelsey Ingram. Our cover art is done by both of us. Visit our website at orsotheysaypod.com. You can find links to our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok all at orsotheysaypod. If you would like to donate and have access to all of our evidence from our investigations, please visit patreon.com slash orsotheysaypod. You can donate as little as $1 to hear EVPs, watch haunting videos, and see photographic evidence we've captured during our travels. You can also give a once-off donation to our PayPal, which will be linked on our website as well. Merchandise can be found at redbubble.com slash people slash or so they say pod. You can find or so they say on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you stream your favorite podcasts. And when you do find us, please make sure to rate, review, follow, or subscribe. We, and the algorithms, will thank you for it. See See you next week. week.